Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i've never i haven't even heard the word satan lucifer or any of that inside of freemasonry not once that's exactly what a freemason would say can you be a christian and be a freemason yes absolutely that's exactly what a freemason would say are freemasons a part of the illuminati no that's exactly what a freemason would say (laughs) yep do freemasons worship satan or lucifer no no and because it's literally a requirement to believe in god it's a prerequisite to believe in god a supreme being that's exactly what a Freemason would say. Won't you come, come and take me away? I just wanna be with you. Won't you come? Guys, this was a really dope talk, and uh, we're gonna come back for a part two. I really want to uh, pick his brain a lot more. Really good talk. Uh, we go through some of the different uh, things that you heard about Freemasonry that could be like conspiracy theories or uh, fear mongering and really stuff that people are sharing as fact, but they haven't experienced it. So we get it from the horse's mouth and he's open and honest and shares this stuff and he, he loves it. He's a student and he's a Christian. So man, I really uh, honor this guy's walk and, and what he brought to the table. Such a good brother. We're going to do a part two. We have to do a part two because I w- we were just getting started. I got so many more questions for him and, and we really connected. Really love his heart, really love his work, love his art, his persona, what he brings to the table and his love for God, his pursuit of truth. Man, that's what it's about. So I hope you guys enjoy. And here it is, my talk with Widows Miho. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Great, great. Did I did I pronounce that right? Widows Miho, is that it? That's it. Great, yeah. great. Dude, uh man, I've been following your work for some time on TikTok and I love your content. You know, I'm a student of of esoterics and mysticism and, and just truth in general, right? And so there's a lot of misconceptions about Freemasonry, about spirituality, about Christianity, about esoterics that I think that you are uh, doing a great service for people to to break some stuff down and demystify all of the misconceptions that people have had about all of those subjects I just named, and even Freemasonry, which 
there's people who are not going to watch just because of that term, you know? Um, yeah. But I've been watching your channel on, on TikTok and been learning so much. I've been entertained and, and really like some of the different uh, ways that you approach it. And, um, you know, it, it's been really good. And I have my own questions. And again, I'm a student. Um, I get accused or asked if I'm a Freemason all the time. People are asking me and I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, yes, you are. You're a Mason. And dude, like, no, I'm not. Why would you, if I would, I would tell you, you know, and, uh, but there's a lot of misconceptions. And so I want to clear up a lot of those crazy conspiracy comments of what it is and what it isn't. Maybe some of it's true. Um, and, and, and what it, what it means, you know, can you be a Christian and be a Mason? Are you in the Illuminati? Is it the same thing? Do you worship Lucifer? What is Lucifer? And you cover all of that stuff on your TikTok. So make sure you guys after this, uh, go to his TikTok, follow him there. Cause his content is amazing. So bro, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Uh, again, I'm super excited that I know this is going to be a great episode. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I've got a bunch of questions. I know we can, we, we've been talking already. <laughs> I was like, I need <laughs> yeah. to just push record because all of it was golden so far, but, uh, I got a bunch of questions for you and, and I'm sure that these are, these are questions that, that I've gotten and people ask me and assume. And, uh, you know, I, I look up to, uh, I don't know, I would say a lot of Freemasons, but I really am. I'm a fan of Manly P. Hall, you know, and his work and, and his pursuit of truth. And so people would like look at him and, and, uh, and put all of these labels on him that, that he's not, I look at him as a historian not even as a teacher of like, hey, you need to practice this. He's like, no, this is what this ancient culture believed. And here was their rituals. And, and it relates to that. So I get accused of even saying his name of like promoting anything that, that he promoted or or whatever. Uh, what are your thoughts on Manly P. Hall? Let's just start there. man. <laughs> well, right off the bat, uh, I mean, great question, because he definitely gets a bad rap and it uh honestly i wasn't even really that familiar with any of his work i mean i knew who he was uh for the most part but like never really read any of his literature before becoming a freemason and it was actually introduced to me because once people found out that i you know became a freemason they were like well what about manly p hall blah 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 he said this he said that that's what intrigued my interest i've always been an against the grain type of person when the world starts telling me that oh this is bad this is but like stay away from that. i'm like i want to look into that why is it bad why are they saying it's bad why is it the popular narrative so i dove into mainly p hall and figured out that the things are completely taken out of context they don't understand and you know you have this like evangelical southern baptist like type of christianity now that if they don't fully understand something, then it's automatically Satanism. It's automatically the devil. What they don't understand is that mainly P. Hall is not a Christian. So he's not going to have the same type of terminology and, uh, you know, understanding of things. He's trying to do uh, or was trying to do like kind of what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to kind of break that barrier of like what's dogmatic and what's truth and what's, you know, and that's why I, very much enjoy mainly p hall and that may not be popular amongst some crowds but a lot of people uh finds finds a lot of solace inside of uh his writings like i have probably five or six of his books and one of my favorites is uh how to understand your bible 
Mm. And yeah, that's a good one. I got it. Uh, I mean, I made, I'm, I, I, I've opened up the book. I'm a relatively quick reader, right? I made it seven pages into that book and I was just like mind blown. Like I was writing notes on the side of the pages and just epiphany after epiphany. I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like this makes so much sense. Like, and I only made it. And that was the first time I sat down and started reading it. it took me like two hours just to like get through those seven pages because I just kept ha- like connecting dots and then bringing out my old Bibles and like, Holy what? Like this does make sense. And I, I think that people don't give him a good enough chance. They don't really understand him. But if they listen to any of his lectures and get to know, like you said, he's a, a comparative theology yeah. is what I like to Historian, call it. Historian, for sure. Exactly. He, he likes to uh, compare different theologies throughout all throughout history, all, either antiquity or currently. And he just compares but no one gets to know Manly P. Hall. They don't sit down and get to know him and what his beliefs are and so on and so forth. I mean, he's more of a deist or universalist or whatever, Like, but he understood Christ maybe in a little bit more esoteric way. He loved Christ. He loves like history in general, culture in general, and it's just very inspiring. Yeah. And that's that's, you know, I get inspiration off that. So the people that tried to exposed mainly p hall to me like woke me up to mainly p hall ain't that crazy yeah <laughs> wow that's a that's a notion where i talked with a friend of mine the other day and you got all of these christian um tiktok channels and youtube channels and it starts off as being a small cluster but now it's crowded so you got uh christians exposing the illuminati masonic occult whatever they put on it, right? These are just these t- titles that get clicks, halftime show ritual. And as them being, I'm exposing you and showing you the devils here. You don't know you're teaching mysticism. You're, you're showing people a, a world that they have no idea exists. And you're welcoming them into this world of mystery and mysticism and magic that is right under their noses and, and being able to see rituals and all of that so the people it's in the vehicle of exposing it and we're gonna do god justice and jesus justice and expose these demons but like you are intrigued and a student of the mystery and you don't even know it it's so crazy as they try to (laughs) expose it they're essentially teaching it and if they knew what they were doing they probably would just zip their mouths and not even speak on it if they thought it was that dangerous because um you know, they're trying to help people, but in the end, they're propagating this message to to really if you're trying to defeat it, you got to you got to uh, you got to starve it out. You got to mm-hmm. act like it doesn't exist. You got to you got to not give it the attention that it wants. And then it doesn't exist. And so that's a very interesting notion that people uh, the very thing that they're attacking. They're giving life to it and they're making it stronger and they're introducing it to people. Um, like Manly P. Hall, like you said, he's one of them. And, and another one, Blavatsky, who I'm kind of just now recently getting into her works. When people look them up, they only find quotes. And most of the time it's quotes from, from Christians who were trying to expose them. And so they, they talked about how much, how many writings that like Manly P. Hall and Blavatsky had. All they did was write. There was like, yeah, I think I heard about a six foot tall stack of papers that Blavatsky brought in for her books for people to edit and put out six foot 
tall stack of papers and like all of these writings and you'll take five or six quotes out of context and say this and and and, and label them to that that this is mm-hmm. only what their work means uh manly p hall was only this about freemasonry or only this about lucifer and what that meant it's like hold on like bro you need to read it he hated jesus he hated christians he followed satan first of all you need to read a book on like you said how to understand your bible you need to read his book on the holy spirit and the beauty you need to read his book about the mystical christ and how he can break down and and uh uh, for for the, the student who is who is into the deeper things, how he can bring you into the bosom of Christ for an, mm-hmm. a, an, an intellectual and spiritual encounter through his works. But you'll never see that because those couple quotes that you read that scared you. And obviously the work that you do is like, hey, if you dissect this and look a little bit deeper, it doesn't even mean what everyone says it's, it's supposed to mean. Yep. it's And it all stems. And that's why like, one of my least favorite things, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not some like person that's out to, you know, put an end to the Christian church. Right. Yeah. It's just something that's not for me. And I felt that at a very early age, I was very critical at a very early age because I, I, I consider it to be somewhat of an indoctrination camp where you get this notion, like they're basically saying, you know, you don't need to study the Bible. You don't need to read the Bible. Don't seek deeper meaning. You just come to us for that. Right. So then they start to have the excuse of cherry picking and and then they're like anything that's outside of these cherry picked verses that I was taught on Sunday. Uh, now it's OK for me to, like you said, six foot stack of manuscripts where they find half a paragraph that says that just says the word Lucifer, that just says a cult. And then they're just like, stay away from that stay it's it's all evil it's all the depth like just don't even look at it don't even think about it because then you're introducing the devil into your life and, blah, yeah. and then they're just like oh oh wow like and so just mentioning these things that's why freemasons get you know like uh, albert pike albert pike became another one of my favorites uh mm-hmm. because of the conspiracy theories um he's one of the reasons why i joined because uh i did all my debunking before becoming a freemason right so <clears throat> People all like the main one, even mentioning Lucifer, that portion gets taken out of context in morals and dogma. But if people just read right, right before that, even just the paragraph alone, it starts off by saying despises the pomps and works of Lucifer. And then it gets into the esoterics about where he's mocking Lucifer and then he switches. He says, uh, Lucifer, uh, the prince of darkness, uh, mysterious that's an odd and mysterious name to give the prince of, or yeah sorry i'm paraphrasing you know but basically he's saying that it's a why would the prince of darkness be called a light bringer yeah so it didn't make any sense and then he says lucifer uh son of the morning and then it goes into like who's kind of talks glorious about that word but what he did and what people fail to understand is he applied the original context of what Lucifer meant and the way that Latin speaking churches refer to as Lucifer, which they referred to even to this day and in old times, a Lucifer to Christ yeah. because he was the light of the world. He brought light. It's not saying that some people even take that part. People are like, Oh, so you're trying to say that 
Christ is the devil? Um, no. Yeah. Or I'm, he was, I'm saying that Lucifer he was, was never Lucifer's the devil. Brother or counterpart or <laughs> Satan and Lucifer or brother. I mean, Jesus and Lucifer are brother. They get these weird doctrines because they don't understand what that word means. Yep. And it's it all comes down to, like you said, definitions, etymology, and understanding. You got to think about the perspective. When was this book written? Mm-hmm. What was his time frame like? Uh, what was his setting and so on and so forth. So like we're looking at mid 1800s and he's speaking about this stuff. He was extremely anti-Catholic or not Catholic, but anti uh, Vatican city, I should say Mm -hmm. Uh, anti Papist. And uh, so he's very critical on all of that stuff, which is also intriguing. Well, most, but most of the, the free thinkers are because that's what it embodies a free thinker, which is not allowed here. You're not a free thinker. You are a doctrine thinker. You are a agreed upon theology thinker. And if you think outside of that, speak about it. Even if you think it, you better not tell nobody, keep Mm -hmm. it to yourself, you know, and, and they, they saw the, the, uh, the fallacy in that, you know, and they exposed it for what it was. Mm -hmm. Many people, you know, many people who, who are like a, a shock to, you know, this dead religion, You know, even people who are really filled with the Holy Spirit, who are really warriors of virtue, who carry the light. At some point, you're going to find out like, hey, these people gave up their light a long time ago and I got to get out of here. That's where we come in, bro. That is totally where we come in. And so my goal is to tell people, listen, I know you're leaving the church, man. Do not leave Christ. Do not leave your foundation. Do not give up. Do not equate. He, He literally says that he is the cornerstone. Like he is the cornerstone and that's the beauty of it. Like the church is not a brick and mortar. No, the, the church was him yeah. himself, his body. He, he, he said it all throughout the new Testament that he is the, the chief cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And then every, every apostle quoted him after that. And yep. if you really, really dive deep into this and you really, really seek more truth, like, and, and seek the deeper meaning, the understanding he gave the keys to the kingdom to the apostles. So pe- people demonized secret societies. The apostles in Christ met in secret and he taught things. Yeah. I mean, what earlier form of secret society? Like, <laughs> I mean, that speaks, that screams secret society. To me. It can, it, and that's what I love about hermeticism. Yeah. Hermeticism talks about the spectrum of like everything. You know, you can take good and evil and it's a spectrum and yeah. there's no end to either or no one decides like it doesn't just not everything's not black and white. All the truth is in the gray area. Yeah. And that's where they don't want us. They want us black and white thinking. They want us left, right, yeah. red or blue. Yeah. Politics, and, Republican or Democrat. And like, there's so many shades within the spectrum of the rainbow and there's beauty in each color. There's beauty in each step in each part of the process to and, and there's beauty, there's light and dark in every individual. And Christ taught that. Like yeah. nothing or no one is all good. Not even Jesus. Man, man is born neutral. You have the ability to bring light to your heart, your body, and become good or to do good deeds. And they looked at Jesus and said, good teacher, you're so good. Tell us good things. He's like, what do you mean? Why do you, why do you call me good? No one is good. I have the ability to swing on you too. 
I just choose not to because I am showing you that you can overcome this beast, beast nature. And what I do, what I show you, you guys got to do too. And so that's the, the beautiful thing is in the song and dance of this evolution process or the ascension process that Jesus like embodied and opened the door for all of us to show us that it was possible to overcome our lower fleshly nature, which is choosing light, you know, and, and this is controversial. One of my, uh, most controversial uh, lyrics in a song is, um, uh, I got a song that says, uh, um, ancient knowledge of the zodiac hidden within Ezekiel's wheel, metaphors to keep it concealed. At night, the stars will reveal the wisdom of God in his wheel. Zadokiel, etheric angel invoked by Solomon's seal in a field, in a nighttime, in the night sky, when the moon seems non-existent. Converse, conscious conversation, watching the watchers from a distance, persistent, perceive, believe, receive, become optimistic, highest state you can achieve. Um, separate my mind, soul, and then my body. Luciferian, I am indeed the Illuminati, a light bringer of wisdom, love, and understanding. Universal truth so simple that you can't understand it. And I, I said, I'm Luciferian. I say, bro, Christians, a real Christian is a Luciferian, is a carrier of the divine spark, the divine light of Christ. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But then he opens up the door and he blows upon that flame that is within you. And he says, now you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. Go into darkness and shine because where you go, there is no more darkness. You are light. Lucifer means light carrier, a light mm -hmm. bringer. What else are you? <laughs> what else are you as a Christian and as somebody who is a devotee of the Lord Jesus Christ? These terms are beautiful. We got to take them back. And so to demystify to. them, and that's what you're doing. And I love it, dude. And, uh, you know, it is a shock value though, but, but the shocking is like, you have to that's come up brings... on your own, own free will. They have to say, you yeah. know what? That he meant something deeper because I know truth seeker and he wouldn't have used a satanic reference like that because he's madly in love with Christ. And there's no way that he would, let me look a little bit deeper versus mm -hmm. the people at face value. No, that's demonic. Stay away. I watched a video on it the other day. Um, Jesus did that. Like he had shock value. <laughs> he started seeing that his message was getting popular with people who probably shouldn't be following. He's got, he's got thousands of people following him through the, through the desert. And like they're, he's teaching and his words are life and they're following. He's like, you know what? Hmm. Unless you, eat my flesh and drink my blood. You are not worthy to follow me. And they're like, oh my God, cannibal, cannibal corpse, cannibal cult. <laughs> he's, he's calling us to be a cannibal. Oh, we're not. And so like the masses turned and left. Did he really mean that we're about to kill him and eat him? He meant something deep, metaphorical. And the people who stayed were the people who brought it into their their intellect and their, they wrestled with it. What did he mean? I know he's not, he doesn't want us to kill him and eat him. Wow, it means we have to bring, he is the bread of life. He is the wellspring of life. And if we partake and, and eat his words and really bring them into our, our core so their sustenance, they got it, man. They yep. got it. And then you, you start to compare that parable with other parables and even things that don't seem like parables. When the apostles start teaching this, they start talking about the food that you eat. Mm -hmm. They start talking about what you drink, being a drunkard and so on and so forth. People take that stuff way out of context. Literal. They're not, think, literal. They're not, yeah, they're not thinking of it in antiquity. 
they're not thinking about it in ancient biblical times they're not thinking about jewish it's mysticism poetic yeah yeah Poems. like like for instance one, one example that i want to bring up is so i did see we, we discussed this beforehand but i saw uh the bob larson uh interview right yeah one point that i wanted to bring up that i wanted to correct him on is he says that uh christ is the first time that god brought himself amongst us that is incorrect that is historically biblically everything completely incorrect and i in the lyrics that you just said, one thing, another thing that stood out to me was mentioning uh, Solomon's seal, which reminds me of Solomon. Solomon created the temple, which housed God in the Sanctum Sanctorum, this, uh, the Holy of Holies, inside of the Ark of the Covenant, along with the Ten Commandments, the original law. That's when, got, once the temple was complete, all of uh, the congregation was outside and allowed God to come down and it was a huge cloud of smoke. He appeared as a huge cloud of smoke and then placed himself inside the temple. And that's where he resided for the time. So that was the first time that God actually came down here, like, like com completely. Mm -hmm. And he did not mention that part. And then he's also trying to demonize mysticism and so on and so forth. Well, what about Solomon? Everyone likes to demonize Solomon because he did turn his back on God yeah. for a little bit. But he did find his way back. That's why I love uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> but vanity of vanity, yeah. At the end, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, vexation of spirit, and there's truth to that for sure. Yeah, like the conclusion of Ecclesiastes is beautiful because there's a lot of people that watch my content and they're just like, "You're so like you just you understand the Bible so much," and even said that like you know I get more uh, teachings out of you than I do past most pastors and preachers. I'm like I'm not. That's like you know, for God guides me. And I use Solomon as an example because he was gifted his, right? Like he was, or he was granted basically like one wish or whatever. And he didn't ask for anything that was like super selfish of like, yeah. you know, world riches. Like he acquired all that anyway, but he asked for knowledge. He asked for wisdom and God granted it to him. So everything that he did was a literal gift from God. And it was bestowed to him yeah. by God. And by so, the angels, which is God's yeah, counsel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, by the way, I also, last night I saw that you, uh, that you published a book and I, uh, bought the digital version last night. And, uh, so I'm definitely going to start reading that as well. I can't wait to get into it because I'm all about seraphim You're gonna love it, div dude. divine counsel. Yeah. I'm, I can't it. wait to read hey, it. And, and I know it's, it's, we're going far right or left, but uh, we're going, going right. We're going right. Uh, um, <laughs> hence the words. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of understanding that's changing about who those who those guys literally guys were or are out there right now watching over humanity but i'll digress i'm gonna do so many teachings on this my mind is changing my studies of changing this amazing but and we'll, we'll talk about it i'll have you back on to pick your brain about your your information too but let's so let oh, me I'm get so this so, so you're <laughs> saying that uh you are led by god that god teaches you uh, you seem to be in love with 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 the things of God and, and, and beauty and light and love, which which I, I think makes you a Christian. That's why I had to say, like, like because you bear the name of Christ in, in not in word, but in deed. I don't have to yep. ask you, hey, are you a Christian? What does that word mean to you? Most most of us are repulsed by that word because of the connotation. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it mean it, it's a reproach, not a reproach on Christ, but a reproach on what this westernized religion has become. And we don't want anything to do with it. 
They've taken the mysteries and they've thrown the pearls before swine and they've taken the mystery mm. out of something that is supposed to be concealed and, and so much more that they've done. And so many of us won't, don't even like that term. But let me ask you, uh, like just for your context, as far as you being a Christian or a relationship with with Christ from that perspective, do you consider yourself to be born again or to be a Christian? And, and can you talk a little bit about that experience just before we move forward? Absolutely. So, yeah, ultimately, I do consider myself to be a Christian, but in the original context. Again, Same. context is everything. Mm -hmm. So all of these stories that's in the Bible, these were all direct uh, testimonies of the apostles of, and then disciples and so on and so forth. When the, when the term Christian was given in the Bible, it was given to the specific disciples at that time, but it still means a person that follows Christ. It doesn't mean to be a religion. So religiously, I don't identify as a Christian. As a follower of Christ, I do claim to be a Christian, but I claim to be a... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, child of God rather than saying son of God, because I think that they're, you know, because then that's when you get into the divine council stuff and we're separate from them. Right. There's the, for, like maybe the, for now, for now. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I think that what we do in this lifetime has a great effect on what happens in the next. And that's why I want to talk to you about on the angels for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we will, we'll, because we'll, we're going to need probably like two or three episodes to get for into sure. all that stuff. But uh, so for me, the, I wasn't getting enough out of church. I didn't find God in church. I thought that I did because I was raised in the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. Where? Uh, and I, uh, I'm in the Carolinas. Okay. Uh, so I grew up I'm in, in Alabama. I was born, obviously. Actually, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Still. Uh, still definitely Bible Belt for sure. And so for me, like growing up Southern Baptist, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, was where um, you know, I was. Charlotte native, I'm about an hour outside and it got expensive. But anyways, the church setting from, I was born into it. It just was second nature, like didn't question anything. It was just like, yeah, this is just the way it is. Right. But then it's like, as I'm growing up, church almost kind of like, I started to notice when I was, you know, maybe 10, 11 years old, the preacher would be saying a prayer and praying for everyone. And, you know, that's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But the way that they articulated and the way that they like just worded everything and it was all just like, like, I don't know, just the finesse that was in it. I, like it made me self-conscious about the way that I prayed. Mm. And 
it made me feel like I wasn't good enough yeah. type of like, like, I don't want to say necessarily religious trauma because it, there's people that experience religious trauma way worse than oh, what okay. I've experienced yeah. uh, in terrible, terrible ways. But in a sense, it's more like psychological uh, for me where like, I've always had anxiety. I've suffered with it my entire life. So hearing stuff like that, hearing the way they preach, I went from Southern Baptist. I've been multiple denominations trying to find the truth of God. I went from Southern Baptist to multiple forms of Protestantism, uh, including Methodist. The, and, did you ever do the Pentecostal thing, like speaking in tongues that's, and dancing? That's the, and that was the last one. Okay. That was the last church that I was a member of. Um, it wasn't necessarily like uh, snake dancing and all that stuff going on exactly, yeah. but there was the part of speaking in tongues. This is what kind of set me over the edge and got me to stop going to church. The church that I went to that I was a member of was amazing. I was friends with the uh, uh, the preacher's son, uh, very good friends with uh, the preacher, his whole family, all of them. Like I was really close with all of them. And so it's nothing against them. They like they, they were amazing people, still are amazing people. We went to Bible camp for Pentecostal. And, you know, there's probably a thousand kids uh, at this camp. And for service, I remember one night specifically, we were having service night and, you know, the band's playing. And it's all overwhelming. You got all these, you know, massive speakers and the band is just going, going all out. And then they start getting into like, let's, let's start performing miracles and all that stuff. And like, like it, it was very overwhelming and it was a beautiful experience until everyone, you, you hear a thousand people speaking in tongues all around you and you're sitting there like, why, why can't I, Mm. I, that, that was what happened with me is that I started praying I don't think I've ever prayed harder in my entire life mm. to be able to receive that, what, gift. you know, yeah. what I believe to be a gift and I didn't get it right. Uh, to the point of tears, I was praying to yeah. the point of tears, like just so passionately wanting it. And again, I don't think I've ever prayed for anything that hard and I never got it. I, I was this close to even thinking about just spurting out gibberish just to fit in. Yeah. And then, but obviously I didn't. Yeah. And so I asked someone, I was just like, why, like, why, like, this is really like, you know, impacting me. Like I hear everyone around me that's like doing it for the first time or they've got theirs completely memorized. They say the same thing. Why can't I get it at all? And the response. (laughs) Yeah. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. And so for me, it just made me really, again, self-conscious. It's like, why can't I pray this good originally? And then now it's like, well, I can't even like, is this for me? Like, is this like, am, does God not love me? Like, what's the problem? What's, what's going on here? So you got sin in your life, but they told me this, this is what set me over the edge. They were like, well, basically, you know, in a, the nicest way they could say it, they were basically like, well, you just, it just, it, God favors certain people. And I'm just like, excuse me. Like, that's not what I understand. That really, like, because the, the scripture tells you straight up, God is not a respecter of persons. Exactly. Like it, that, that was like a blow to me that was just like, it got me questioning way more. But then what happened is I left the church. So I started deconstruction. Uh, you know, that's a new TikTok what year? term. Uh, so I was 15 at that time so this was like 2000 2000 
2005. Yeah, 2005, 2006. And so that's that's originally when, like, you know, like I said, there's the like, not that I have anything against people deconstructing now. Mm-hmm. Now there's a title yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah uh, I think it's awesome. I think that people should really look into it yeah. because it, whatever, that's a side note. But that once I left the church, that kind of gave me a breath of fresh air. And I, like, I kind of had this weight off my shoulders. I had this disdain for church. I didn't leave the faith uh, completely until I kind of was like, okay, well, I'm free from this dogma because I don't have the church breathing down my neck. So now I have freedom to look into things. I get curious. I'm like, why do, why do atheists believe what they believe? Why do Satanists believe what they believe? Like what's wrong with studying other things just to have an understanding of what they do. And eventually like I went more agnostic and then eventually like I kind of got hyper fixated on even like why atheists believe what they believe. And some of it made sense at the time until I actually understood what atheist meant. I did consider myself an atheist. I completely left the faith and went down a really dark path. Uh, not like super dark to where I was doing anything that would harm anybody. It's just like in here, everything yeah. went dark. Everything hence, in here went hence, dark. Hence the music to a degree. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, if you listen to my music, it's almost like chapters of like when the darkness was at its peak. And then up until I haven't put out a song in almost a year to where my newer stuff, you can almost kind of see that light coming back to my most recent stuff. Like I, like uh, I have a couple songs that touches bass, like it still has a dark tone to it, but lyrically like that's kind of the, this uh, symbolism behind it. It has a dark tone and it sounds like it would be something that's like my old music when I had dark lyrics, dark tone, but now it's like lyrics are about like more light, yeah. but with a, with that dark overtone and it creates that, uh, that duality of light and darkness mm-hmm. that that battle that like I've had to go through my entire life. It's been a roller coaster, Yeah. <clears throat> which ultimately I found my way back to God and then through that led me to Freemasonry. I 100% know for like it's anecdotal and that's a whole long story on its own too. Uh, like <clears throat> there's a term that I've came across recently. Uh, your three Satans, your three devils that everyone goes through this usually within uh, the first 30 years of their life. Right. Uh, and then there's like the term uh, the return of Saturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, which basically, um, the way it was explained to me is that like around your 27th birthday is, uh, takes about 27 years for Saturn to be back where it was from the day that you were born. And that's kind of where the term like uh, fork in the road comes from. So you kind of have that left or right path. Mm. You can choose which way to go. You experience. Now is that, have, it, it, I'm just going to drop it real quick. Is that something that comes at, at the 27th? level of freemasonry is that something that's venerated at all or, or we don't have to spend uh, not, too much time not exactly just, okay yeah yeah uh which yeah uh we'll get more into freemasonry too uh but not necessarily um but the 27th degree is one of my favorite degrees ironically i'm glad that you brought that up that's uh that's really cool you can keep uh, going with my, your story i just wanted i just dropped that yeah 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 yeah, I don't want yeah. Off. uh but in a in a sense like like it it does but it doesn't because freemasonry is op- open-ended where the church says dogma listen to what we say 
don't do your own studies. We got you. Give us your money. <clears throat> Freemasonry is just like, hey, here's some symbols. Here's the great light in Masonry, which is the Holy Bible. Do you. We're not going to tell you what to believe. You can study it. You cannot do whatever you want. But that was kind of the fork in the road that I was at. I experienced my like a bunch of narcissists in my life. And I've always been an empath. I've always been the the type that like, you know, I always resonated with Christ. Even when I was in the church, I'd had like, I knew I had a relationship with Christ, but I couldn't find that. Like I, I, what made me leave the church was that I was, I realized I was mad at the people and what they turned God into. And I wasn't mad at God. Yeah. I was mad at the lies. And then I found God. Once I found God again, I became more like, universal like universal law uh stuff like that didn't really like give it you know didn't go back to the bible quite yet uh so that reopened the door to spirituality and then everything kind of started falling in line from there i hadn't prayed and since like i denounced christianity at 17 years old became an agnostic and atheist at 17 so 15 was about the time I left the church. 16 was a little bit more like on the agnostic side, uh, but still identified with Christ. Uh, and then 17 full blown atheist. <clears throat> but then from 17 until about 20, 24, 25, that was when I was a full blown atheist. But then I kind of reintroduced the idea of God again. I was like, okay, like I, I, I get it. Like, but in a surface level, but I hadn't prayed. I didn't pray again until I was about 27 years old. And uh, just that's when I called out to God. I didn't ask for a specific name. I didn't ask. For, I was just like, whatever God is listening, this was all due to mental health. I was dealing with uh, uh, panic, panic attacks, like mm. daily panic attacks, uh, depersonalization, derealization, wow, anxiety. Dude, we got we got so much to talk about. I experienced <laughs> yeah. that too, dude. Sure. It, it's literally the scariest thing yes. that I've ever experienced in yes. my entire life. And wow. what I realize now and in a gist is the time that I spent away from God was it my darkest time in my life. And that's when all of that happened. Mm. And I finally had enough of it. And instead of doing anything to take control myself and maybe potentially hurting myself. Yeah. I was too afraid to actually hurt myself because I, I was more afraid of death when I didn't believe than the other way around because I didn't know what came after. Mm -hmm. Right. I, now, I, now, I was, even though you didn't speak in tongues, would you still uh, consider yourself filled with the Holy Spirit and, and feel his presence and know that he heard you and you were in union? You still were born again, even though you didn't have the gift of tongues It would, would that, yeah. when you were in the faith? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, there was nothing that would convince me at that point, like that specific moment that yeah. convinced, because especially once they said that, that was ego to me. They were, they, that it was a, a passive aggressive ego, uh, in my opinion, they weren't meaning it to be that way. But again, I'm overcritical. I yeah. overanalyze well, anxiety. They, they say, if you don't have and the reason I have to say that, because many people listening are still under the dogma that if you don't speak in tongues, then you don't have the Holy spirit and you're, you're, I mean, come on, that's, that's crazy, you know, 
That's because it's a gift, and it and some people have it, uh, just like the gift of healing, just like the gift of of uh, in, dreams and interpretation. Like they're gifts, and not everybody has the same gifts. And so, you, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm with you. I just wanted to make sure, just in in your your spiritual progression and turning your back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On and yeah. after tasting the beauty of God's presence and kind of stuff. So I did the same thing. And, and uh, that's why that's why yeah. I resonate with Solomon so much. Like mm. because he goes through a very similar story. It's like I'm not I'm not some, you know, like king of like York County. <laughs> you know, like I'm not like, uh, but like just the story of Solomon just really resonates with me because like he, he, he was so devout to Yahweh. Uh, he was a Yahwist and he ended up turning his back for Baal worship, but then he found his way back again. And I like how he and, did it. It's a very interesting story. It, that is in the Testament of Solomon. Correct. Is that what you're referring to the way he did that with, was it Bathsheba or no, it, what was her name? Uh, Sheba. Uh, yeah, Sheba. It's not, yeah, I'm seven hundred wives. I mean, yeah, I think it was Queen. I Sheba guess, that, I guess, pick one. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. interesting, interesting way he did it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that, yeah. So ultimately, my thing is, is that I never, God was always there. I was the one resisting. I was mm. the one that was pushing him away. I was the one separating myself from God. Then I realized what that meant. What separating myself you know that's what sin does sin yeah. is the separation between so in this life we are here to basically bright we're here to fill our lamps with oil and keep them full and if it does get to a halfway point to not rush around at the last minute to try and fill it or if you make it empty at all you're dimming your light as as low as it can possibly be and that's separating yourself from the father. And so when it comes time for judgment, what I believe now is that we choose to separate ourselves in this life. He's going to say, turn away from me. The ones who have the half, half lamps, they're the ones that, you know, Lord, Lord, like we, we did such and such in your names, but then you were like, says, it was never about that. You guys had it yeah. messed up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, and, and, then, and then the Muslim comes walking through the door. What do you what do you mean? Yeah, he was <laughs> I had his heart. Exactly. His, his heart is mine. He's fully devoted into prayer and to service you, you, to you others thought, <laughs> over service to self. He's mine. You thought you thought it was just about grace and not about works. That's that's the issue. Yeah. The issue here is that 
at like you, you choose to separate yourself. God's going to choose to separate you from him. And then that's when I, I, Bob Larson mentioned the lake of fire. He forgot one other word, the lake of fire and sulfur. There's still the word sulfur that's in there. And Christ spoke in parables. My interpretation, my understanding, especially like understanding symbolism, being a Freemason and so on and so forth. And again, anything that's theological, I just want to put this out there, is not taught in Freemasonry. Like I said, it's here's the tools. Go do it. Go do what you want with it. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do good? Are you going to obviously like the whole point of Freemasonry is to take a good man and then encourage him to be better. So which that's, is, which that's is, what I did. So, so many people don't even know that. That is like the the mission statement, if you will, of Freemasonry. Will you say that yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to take a good man, make him better. And I don't really like to use the word make him better because that almost sounds indoctrinating. Yeah. I like to say uh, take a good man and encourage him to be better. Uh, that makes a little bit more sense from what I've gotten out of Freemasonry because nobody has forced me to do anything at all. And that's, that's the difference between it's So it's not a church. It's not a religion. It's not a denomination. It's a fraternity. Okay. okay. Let's get in. Let's get into some of this, some, some of the deep stuff. Cause you said that okay. it force okay. you to do anything. We heard, we used to teach this and God forgive me if I was wrong. I feel like I, I've renounced all of this combative person that I was. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We used to teach that um, at some degree of Freemasonry, you have to denounce your God. You have to pick a God because at some level you have to denounce it. Is that true? No, no. You learn that in the, like, so obviously I can't say verbatim, but you learn very quickly, very quickly, as early as the first degree that Freemasonry will never, ever interfere with your personal faith and your duties to God. Mm. And God is identified to the individual so there is no god like exclusive god of freemasonry so you come in a christian you remain a christian and freemasonry is not going to interfere with that you come in uh islam freemasonry is not going to interfere with that you come in jewish or zoroastrian or pagan or whatever the case may be luciferian even just because someone is a Again, you know, you understand Luciferianism. I understand, I, I understand Luciferianism. I understand the definition of the term Lucifer. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand it as some kind of uh, another religion. And I, I go back to what these words originally yeah. meant. So as far as I'll, when I I'll, say that, I don't, I don't know the, the path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, and real quick, just a fun little uh, fun fact is Luciferian actually stems to a bishop from Cagliari uh, named St. Lucifer. He was a bishop of the Roman church who basically went rogue, still preaching the gospel, but his own doctrine. And he had a resonance with people and, uh, and created a following that the Roman church ended up not like basically shunning St. Lucifer. And he, so his, after his death, he kind of created almost a a cult-like following that was called Luciferians. That's, and this was in fourth century uh, See, I, uh, I would, I'm not even, I know, I, and, and, and just like Bob says, you know, like, do you know how that would throw people off? For sure. You know, I, I, <laughs> but you gotta, I'm talking about the definition. I'm not talking about your, what came later or what it was created. Again, the term Christian, like you said, are you a Christian? Oh yeah, for sure. But then they're like, okay, so you, so you, you hate gay people. 
What do you? No, 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 no. This <laughs> no. Uh, where, why are you reading into that? Because Christian, because the Christians I know hate black gays. And the, that, you know the the uh, <laughs> the uh, you know Freemasons I know worship Satan. You know you're a Freemason. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Freemason. Like if you was to say that, and they just read into these boxes that aren't a part of. And they say, well, you're a Satanist. Well, okay, do you even know what Satanist is? Because they're that's an atheistic uh, philosophy. They don't worship Satan. They don't even believe in Satan or yeah. God. They it's self worship. It's self empowerment. Yeah. Do Freemasons worship Satan or Lucifer? No. No. And because it's literally a requirement to believe in God. It's a prerequisite to believe in God, a supreme being, right? I'm going to throw a little bit of uh, theological comedy in here. I think that Satan, the adversary, is not, I, I think he's a beta bitch. And I don't uh, think that he's... You need to leave. <laughs> I think that he... I think that the idea and everything of Satan worship... I've never... I haven't even heard the word Satan, Lucifer, or any of that inside of Freemasonry. Not once. And that's in 32 exactly degrees... That's exactly what a Freemason would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... I, try, I hear that every single day of my life. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, thir 32 degrees that I've been through personally myself. And I don't think that I've heard the word. Well, two words. There's two words that I've heard mostly in 32 degrees. That's God, most importantly. But what God? And, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, this sounds well, like my TikTok get... comments. Yeah. yeah. I am the yeah. I am I am the TikTok comment section today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other word is truth. That's the, those are the two main words that I've heard. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let the brains kind of start flowing yeah. off that one. Okay. Next question. Um, are Freemasons a part of the Illuminati? No, that's exactly what a Freemason would say. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, all right. Some quick history about, uh, the Illuminati. The Illuminati started in 1776 uh, Freemasonry, uh, organized Freemasonry, I should say, because there was speculative masonry that goes back and then kind of lose, uh, you know, uh, archives and documents or whatever. Like, we don't know exactly how far back it goes, ex like to a T. Uh, but the Illuminati came after the fact, right? Uh, and it was started by Adam uh, Weishaupt in Bavaria, uh, Germany, right? So he basically got inspiration. He was a uh, he wasn't a Jesuit, but his godfather was a Jesuit, and he worked at a Jesuit college, and so on and so forth. And his godfather uh, basically got access to the canon laws uh, of the Roman Catholic Church. Adam Weishaupt was the first human uh, that was not a uh, Jesuit or bishop or part of the clergy, basically. Uh, so outside of the uh, the monarchy to actually read the canon laws he not only like denounced the faith and everything else he left uh he basically abandoned his godfather abandoned the uh the church uh uh or no the uh jesuit college and was went full-blown i'm going against this so he basically it was originally called the perfectibilist or perfectible uh, perfect. I don't know, something like that. Perfectibilist, I believe, is the, is the name that he originally was going to call it. Uh, but then later on, he kind of like toyed around with some other 
names, but then ultimately landed on the Illuminati, which people think that that was kind of like a, a bad thing. Um, he was basically just going against that narrative, right? Uh, and it's not that I, he, he was a terrible leader. Like the Illuminati, long story short, they don't exist anymore. The original one, right? Anything that is current or even in between is, is basically a copycat organization because it died before Adam Weishaupt did. And I believe he died in the 1840s. And so basically before he died and everything, all of the Illuminati stuff was retrieved and was, uh, published. And so that's why, like, they were the most secretive and then they got exposed from the stuff getting published, like all their ritual work and everything. Uh, basically he was a terrible leader. Uh, nobody agreed on anything. He did, uh, infiltrate a lodge and join Freemasonry. Uh, but after he started the Illuminati, but he needed to recruit into the Illuminati. So he joined in to try to like, uh, finesse Freemasons to coming into it. Uh, and basically to help fund it and help it grow. Uh, but he got way too power hungry and like it started to stray away from its original intent where that, that's where you get this like confusion too because there's stuff got published and they s took a lot from Freemasonry, right? And then applied it into the Illuminati, but they just couldn't do it right. So they got inspiration from Freemasonry but it's it was completely separate it wasn't a recognized uh or so it would be something that would be considered clandestine or just in like it's not clandestine freemasonry per se it's just it was a totally separate organization that ended very quickly and then i could go on forever also about what happened after the fact um because that that's when you start getting into theodore uh theodore roos for uh the guy that created oto uh and then which he befriended Aleister Crowley to, you know, inflate OTO. Mm -hmm. He tried to, before he created OTO, he tried to re, uh, resurface, uh, whatchamacallit, the Illuminati, the Bavarian Illuminati, uh, but it failed. So we know that from at least 1776 to early 1900s, that the Illuminati simply did not exist. Uh, so what I think we have now is, other things and i think it's a smoke screen to get people looking at a dead organization uh a psyop if you will to be looking over here while all the stuff's going on over here because if you're focused on illuminati and freemason the surface level stuff freemasonry is like the oldest of all of these things and people join thinking that there's gonna like it you know they hear the uh conspiracy theories they hear the darkness around but then it attracts people that is into that stuff and then they join Freemasonry and realize that it's all about light, that it's all about a relationship with God and so on and so forth. But it's like not this super dark, esoteric, like there is esoterics, but it's all about light. You get people that are attracted to the dark thinking that that's what it is and they find out it's not. So then they leave and start these other organizations. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And kind of abandoned Freemasonry, but their name is still attached to Freemasonry. So then they tie all these other orders in with it, including the Illuminati, including OTO. Uh, you know, not saying that OTO is all about dark stuff, but I've, they've got some weird stuff going on, too, that I don't necessarily agree with. But, yeah, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. But, no. Ultimately, Illuminati. Freemasonry, two separate things. Mm, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next question is, um, can you be a Christian and be a Freemason? Yes, absolutely. If you so choose to, that's the ma- major, major point right there is that we don't recruit. Churches say, hey, come to us. Tell your friends about us. Bring bring everybody. Like we, Blah, blah, blah. Come, 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 come. Yeah, come, 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 come. And not to keep comparing it to church, it's just these are two big things that have been a part of my life at one point. Mm -hmm. The church, now Freemasonry. I separate the two, and uh, even Freemasonry separates the two. But in comparison, we don't do recruiting. That's the difference there. And so uh, I actually just put out a video last night uh, explaining why it's okay, uh, breaking down scripture and in depth like the common claim is that basically you can't serve two masters they love to they love to bring that up uh from matthew chapter five and then uh they love to uh say that you can't swear an oath right okay uh because and also in matthew i can't remember which chapter at the top of my head but uh don't swear by (laughs) anything by heaven or by earth whatever yeah exactly exactly uh so uh basically i break all of that down. I'm like, these are the claims. These are the cherry picked verses that they like to apply to that. Here's the full context of what it was talking about. And we all know that, uh, Christ, uh, quoted Torah, that he mastered Torah, that he mastered Tanakh and so on and so forth. So when he's making references about this stuff, he's going back into what Christians call the old Testament. Mm-hmm. What I, I consider myself to be Torah observant or okay. Tanakh observant. Uh, I think that that part is also crucial real quick plug. Uh, that part's crucial because the old Testament of the Holy Bible is the Jewish Bible. It's the same thing, except they kind of have a better understanding of ancient Hebrew, in my opinion. So I think that they're going to have a better translation and a better understanding of the old Testament. Once you start to understand the old Testament more, then you understand and have a deeper relationship with Christ because you can kind of put yourself in the mind state that he was in. And what the way that he was thinking, not the way and not the way that like Western Westernized church. Christianity. Yeah, that's that's has, our biggest problem. That's what I represent, too, man. It's just like uh, you can't you can't interpret it through that lens. You know, you got exactly. Put, I mean, no culture and context. And not, it doesn't mean what, what it means to you. It means what it meant to them. You know? Yeah. Well, and I love that you bring that up because there, here's another interpretation. There's two times in the Bible that it says, do not take from or add to this book, right? It's, it's written in Revelations. It's written in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. So the, it, one interpretation that I take that as is to not take it out of context and make it your own context. So cherry picking is exactly that. So why does the church teach to cherry pick? It teaches, it teaches everyone they to would, cherry pick. And, they would never admit that. Never. We all do, though. That's the thing. We all do. Like, there's no way, like, 
okay, well, why don't you do this? Uh, so what does a woman, uh, you know, why don't you preach that a woman can only be saved through, through childbearing? Why don't you teach on that more? Like, like we get to read it. Okay. This is what helps. This is what, this is the boundaries everyone does. And that's why there's yeah. all of these different, the weird thing is they would never admit it. We teach the full word of God. Don't, no, you don't. You, there's no way you could. It is no. so deep and so vast. And I heard your explanation on Acts chapter 10 and you thought it, you said you taught it was taught that it was okay to eat pork and eat shellfish on that interpretation. No, you're teaching different things and you're, you're cherry picking they're, as well. They're, they're but teaching we all do though. They're not taught. Yeah, we all they're, do. They're, exactly. They're like, so that's what I, that's my understanding of it is that you are supposed to take it in its original context and you, but you, there is the parables and so on and so yeah. forth. So for the Christians, this is what I love to ask the Christians whenever they start saying like, well, I'm a Christian. Is this going to interfere in any way, shape or form? Yeah. No, biblically, absolutely not. Uh, and that's why I broke it down in my video as well. But what I asked them is I say, like, and I even ended it with this is like, who told you that this was not the truth? Mm. And they say, oh, the Bible did. I'm like, well, okay, but did you read this part? Because clearly we're not reading the same pages yeah. because you, did, you didn't go up just a few verses before that or read the entire chapter. Because if That's you did, you would understand what I'm saying. So then I'm like, where did you really hear this from? Who told you this? And then it always goes back to church preacher some guy on youtube that claims to love god or whatever mm -hmm. and but then all those they they hear it from 20 30 years ago a preacher that was doing it they're quoting some you know the christian perspective of cri criticizing freemasonry yeah. that alone right there is just to sell books to a specific demographic mm -hmm. they they know that like it's putting a stigma on some a buzzword saying Fear. freemasonry yeah, christian scary. perspective yeah. They're going to they're gonna get Christians to buy the book, and then the Christians are going to agree with this because they're like, oh, it's a published book, so obviously this guy knows what he's talking about. And then it trickles down, and people pick that up, and then you've got huge accounts that like starts to agree with it, and then logic of rumor kicks in. Everyone starts adding their own little twit, whatever. So I'm like, did you hear this from a man, or did you hear this from God? Did God tell you? Because if you go to God, and if our way through reaching God is through the Bible, and if that's your way, if your personal way is through the Bible, go to the Bible and yeah. ask God, is Freemasonry okay for me? Mm -hmm. That's what I did. And then God led me there. Yeah, he and, and basically pushed you, me in, if in you the door. Ask, if you ask that with an open heart, for sure. But many people are like, first of all, they would never ask it because they have a preconceived notion of what it already is. And so, therefore, they're, they're yeah. confined in that box of that understanding. Let me, I want to say this about the oath thing, right? You know, and, uh, and, and with my study and what, what started to appeal to me a little bit early on, I'm not a Mason again, but um, this, the idea of the oath and we used to, man, I have oaths printed out. I don't know if they're real oaths, but it's about cutting your, your neck. If you share the secrets of the lodge from one ear to the other, we had those oaths printed out and I would preach against this and expose Mason. Listen, I did that years ago and I wouldn't be caught dead doing it today. But now, like I've lived life and I, I, I understand we talk about these oaths and people say, you're not supposed to swear. Read that oath. Is that of God to cut yourself from one ear to the other? Is that of God? No Christian should make that kind of oath. And I'm thinking like, again, with time, I'm like, man, I, I should have I made that oath with some of my Christian friends who, 
who I told things in secret of struggles that I had and thoughts that go on in my head that I need help with. And I told them as a brother in, in secret and they went and posted it on social media. They used it against me and told everybody like that's that person should be held accountable. Like I, and, and now that I read the scriptures in the brotherhood that they had. Like you can listen, I can trust you to the death, bro. So when when I go back back and read that, I'm not a Freemason, but it it seems more symbolic. That says I would rather be cut from ear to ear than to take your secrets and the things that mean that are beautiful to us and just throw them into the public in front of anyone. It's essentially of you and your wife being intimate together and you filming it, putting it on the internet. Like yeah. I would never do that. You know what I'm saying? And so. I feel like I should have had Christian sign an oath like that, but but it seems like that's something that goes with, like this weird culture of honor that that I really like about Freemasonry, and that's one of the the notions there. Another one that I've heard the idea that you don't have to like it it is it is against the rules to to hit on another Mason's wife or to be a to like uh, flirt with somebody else's wife and stuff like that. Like I heard that that's in some kind of code of conduct or something, but. I can't take my wife and leave her alone with, with, mm-hmm. a, with a pastor without him trying to step down and say, hey, you look beautiful today, young lady. Or, you know, you got to be careful around these pastors, man. Just because they're a mm-hmm. pastor, you think that that is, a, that, that is somebody who is beyond reproach, who have given themselves over to withstand temptation. But, man, these folks leave their wife and have another woman in the pulpit <laughs> the next day and nobody <laughs> bats a damn eye. And you're talking Not about even once. The, the conduct of somebody's character. Like, come on, man. You guys are vouching. I did, my folks was downing me in church because I'm talking about astrology and the stars from a biblical perspective. And they were letting this dude show up to, to church to minister with a different girl every week. And it was okay because he was a Christian. If you don't, if you don't get out of my face with that, these people yeah. got life messed up. So anything that you want to say to those two notions? Yeah. Well, so obviously I cannot speak on the, the secrets of Freemasonry, and mm-hmm. it's not because of an oath that I swore to Freemasonry or that I swore to the Worshipful Master of the Lodge or any man in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oath that we take is bounded by God, and it is, uh, it is obligations to our morals and our conduct. So any punishment that would be implied, so the whole thing about so a lot of these things that you find on the internet stems from a book that's called duncan's uh masonic or uh ritual monitoring guide uh, of freemasonry or richardson's monitor of freemasonry uh there's those two uh they're not they're not official monitors they're not like like you can buy them on amazon for 14 dollars and that's like you know where people are getting their information from and they think that they found some sort of like relic and i'm not yeah. saying this about you i'm just saying yeah, that this yeah. is where it all stems from from other people that found it and they think they found the secrets of freeman like i put this into perspective i'm like the most you, you consider us to be one of the most secretive societies on the planet why would we sell our secrets on amazon next day shipping for 14 dollars? you see what i'm saying so like there is penalties there is like like things that would if you were to break your oath or your obligation yeah um but the there's no man responsible for those penalties the person or there's no person responsible for it at all the person well you're responsible for upholding it but the uh 
what's responsible for it is God. God is responsible of the punishment. And this goes into scripture. You uh, look at uh, Numbers 30, verse 2, where he says, if, you know, paraphrasing, basically God says that if you do like swear upon my name, then you better fulfill it. Yeah. And then, and then that's why they say, uh, uh, in the other Bible verses, um, uh, not to swear an oath that you get into, uh, into Matthew on that, you read the full context that's talking about swearing out of anger. So like, uh, and then it says it get, that's where it ends with loving thy neighbor and thy enemy and turning the other cheek. That's yeah. where that moral comes from. And that's basically like what he's saying by don't swear an oath, not at all, not by heaven, so on and so forth. <clears throat> because what he's saying is don't do it out of anger by saying like, by taking the lord's name in vain that commandment in original con it didn't mean like like gd you know what i'm saying like because like god isn't even god's name that's a title so so but with that being said it's talking about like for instance like uh i'll use what you said as an example uh you slept with my wife i'm very angry i swear to god i will make you not alive because i'm angry so when you say, I swear to God, whether you're saying his name or not, you're, it's intent, right? Yeah. So when you're saying that, you're saying it out of anger. When we say these things, God takes those literally and that you better fulfill it if you do swear in it. And that's why you're not supposed to do it in vain mm-hmm. because if you do it, like he doesn't want you to murder you someone. You got to keep your word just like God exactly. keeps his word. You exactly. being made in a very image of likeness are bound by your word to keep it as well. Exactly. And it's a sin when so, you don't, right? And that's why we keep the secrets. That's why we don't like like if you really dug out there, like you could find like Masonic secrets. The big secret is there is no big secret. Yeah. Not people say some people have said about 97% of Freemasonry is all public. I would argue that 9 9 99% 99.999 whatever percent is actually public if it's written in print if you can read it if any like if it's in you know like lettering and you can read it it's open to the public anyone's allowed to read it people think morals and dogma is the masonic bible it's not it's not even a part of freemasonry technically it's a scottish right esoteric book and it literally says at the beginning of the book in the preface to take this book with a grain of salt you don't have to read it if you mm-hmm. do read it, you don't have to agree with it. It is not the doctrine of Freemasonry. It's not the doctrine yeah. of Scottish Rite. Uh, it's literally just a study guide to kind of start thinking about other things. And it literally says that in the preface. And people fail to mention that part about morals and dogma, too. So <clears throat> basically, uh, anything that would be that that's the, the final consensus is that the greatest light in Freemasonry is the Holy Bible. And you can, that's also public information. You can look at any Grand Lodge website, official Grand Lodge website. There's a lot of clandestine ones out there. But if you just type in your state and put the words Grand Lodge after that, you can find tons of actual information that people would think is secretive, but it's not. Yeah. And uh, the Holy Bible is considered to be the greatest light in Masonry. And that's, it's literally a verbatim king james version but it doesn't have to exclusively be the king yeah. james it's just that every masonic bible that you see with the says holy bible and a square encompasses on it it's it's mm-hmm. just a old testament new testament 
verbatim, so on and so forth. And how much, people how, think how much how much time do you have before we go? I know you were saying you needed to go sooner or something like that. I just want to make sure that w- what's going on. Um, what time is it? I think it's one forty your time. Are you late okay. already? Do you need to go? Um, I got a few more minutes. Okay. Just let me <laughs> um, know because we'll go because I got a lot more to cover. So let me know when you need to to go. Just cut me okay. off. We'll plug your stuff and we'll go. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, or unless you want to come back, whatever you want to do, man, we'll make it happen. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. If anything, we could even, are, are you doing anything like later on this evening too? Because like I could definitely, I mean, I don't have to go right now because okay. I still do want to, I want to keep going. Um, like okay. I got about 15, 20 more minutes. Well, let's go for 15, 20 more minutes and we'll, we'll come back for another one another day. We'll, we'll book something else. That's fine. We'll put this okay. one out, see how it does. See, see if the people want you back on. And so we'll, Good point. you know, we'll read the comments. If people are entertained, you guys let us know. Uh, email me, email <laughs> him, go, go to his TikTok, let him know, hey, go back on the True Seeker podcast. I really like how you opened up. Let me know in the comment section for, for my audience listening to. And if you guys want it, obviously we'll do it. If you guys don't want to hear it, then, you know, we'll talk, we'll have somebody else on or talk about something else. But if you're a seeker like me, these are questions that I genuinely want to know. And I, and I appreciate you sharing what you can. Um, again, sharing what you can and, and understanding you can't, there's secrets that you can't share, right? Yep. So um, what are the secrets that you can share? Because you're on TikTok, like openly talking about misconceptions and fears and all of these things that most of us think that it's a secret for you to share anything. It, are you free to share biblical interpretation and biblical truths and things like that? Is it just like behind the scenes tenets of Freemasonry and how we work that you can't share, but your revelation and the Bible and these truths that really help people are, are those free to kind of give breadcrumbs? Like what yeah. can, can, we're, can we're literally, you share? We're literally encouraged to seek truth, seek light and to do what we want with it. If we choose to be secretive with our, our knowledge, that's fine. That's, that's completely up to the individual. But that's it's that's not the the whole thing of Freemasonry. We're encouraged to do what we want with it, and I know that in the Bible, in the Book of Hebrews, it says to uh, share what we have, and if we share what we have, that this pleases God. If I have knowledge that's going, like you said, that's going to help people, that's going to help bring them closer to God, and so on and so forth. The people who are questioning the church, the people who are questioning interpretations of the Bible. I have all, I offer alternative thinking and I tell people, take, take my interpretations with a grain of salt. Yeah. I just want to encourage people. You do say that a lot. Yeah. I want to encourage people to seek truth also. And, but I share my interpretation. If it resonates with someone, sure. But do I consider myself Mm -hmm. to be some sort of prophet or anything more than a man? Absolutely not. I'm Mm -hmm. just a man. And these aren't teachings that are taught in Freemasonry because again, they just hand you the stuff say here's the symbols of freemasonry boom and then they kind of leave you hanging it's on you yeah and and then yeah and it's like so every bit of biblical study the history of of the church the history of the bible itself the original manuscripts all all that's all that stuff is all that i've done on my own okay and not a single person has told me to go and do any of it it's literally just here's the symbolism boom and that's why some people leave because they consider it to be mundane. Yeah, I was going to ask say, you this that. This is too mundane. So people like, you know, how many people? I would say this are like you. How because 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 there's a notion of like I, I'm gonna 
I'm going to join, man. I want to find an order and a sect of people who are devout to God and who want to, to study the secret things of God and, and who want to help. Like, But then there's this other notion, especially in the Bible Belt in Alabama, that you're just going to join a good old boys club that go hunting on the weekends. And, and there's none of this kind of deep esoteric study, reflection, philosophy, inner working of the mysteries of heaven, which is most of us what we what you know the esoteric the deeper things of god i would say that we think are in masonry what what are the the odds of like hey these people are just a part of a good old boy club and they don't give a damn about the deep secrets is that like how how does that <laughs> go with weighing and, and saying it as a general statement for a random lodge in the south how does that work so for me <clears throat> and my interpretation and the way that i like to explain it is just like God is extremely complex yet simple, so is Freemasonry, because that's where we like Freemasonry gets its inspiration from is God, regardless of the popular narrative. And so with that being said, it's going to be for someone who can see past that, uh, uh, you know, cons conspiracy side of things that can understand that it's, you know, not all that stuff. Uh, it's everyone who has a relationship with God, however they identify God as, they're going to find something in Freemasonry. You're going to see the Southern good old boys that is just, a, uh, you know, like hanging out with the boys on the weekends and doing charity work. That's what it's all based on. Yeah. Uh, our, it's all about uh, like the esoterics, the history, the secrets, like but, all that but, stuff but is But do you have cool. to learn any of that to get to the next levels? Like, will they be just master masons or something? Like, if you want to go higher, do you have to, like, learn some of this stuff? So the only time that that is the case is in the first three degrees, which that the uh, is first degree is entered apprentice, second is fellow craft, third is master mason. And so third degree, this is where it gets confusing. People think the ascending numbers means a higher degree. Uh, it doesn't necessarily because the master Mason degree, the third degree is the highest degree that you can achieve in Freemasonry. Uh, Freem like early Freemasonry didn't have 33 degrees, didn't have appendant bodies and these are things that came after the fact. So the original highest degree and anytime you read these like old books or old quotes talking about the high degrees, it's talking about the second degree, the third degree. And then, but then sometimes it could be, you know, whatever, but it doesn't equate to authority because everything is lateral after the third degree. The mm. third degree is the prerequisite in order to do anything else within Freemasonry and everything else past that is just merits. It's not how, like how hard or how long would that be if someone was, is that something that could be done in a year? Is that something that could be in six years? Well, like what, what would be a time frame of how fast somebody can become a master Mason if they just join? On average, I would say usually takes about six months to it can be anywhere from six months to three years depending on the lodge and depending on the person if the lodge requires you to be at a degree for a year this is actually pretty rare uh but it's how they used to it's more like uh antiquity that way mm -hmm. uh but more modern freemasonry does it based on how quickly you learn it and so what happens is is you experience your degree and then there's a catechism that you would learn and you have to, it's not written down. And that's why we're so good at keeping secrets too, is because it's not written down. It's passed from mouth to ear. Which is and what catechism you, means, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I just heard uh, that today, and I, and I, and I hope we went live on a, uh, studying about the Saints, actually. Go, go ahead. Yeah, uh, and so you would basically have to memorize the catechism, and then once you're ready, you would present and show that you are uh, adept to that degree, to the preceding degree, and show that you're ready to advance because you could experience a degree, but are you adept to that degree? Do you understand what you went through? Did you learn the moral lessons that was within that degree? Because that's the whole point of every single degree is moral lessons. Anyone can look at symbolism. I can, I can show you a passage in a book, right? And this is where you get the conspiracy theorists that like to take things out of context. Yeah. You should, they see a passage from Manly P. Hall or Albert Pike, and then they judge the entire thing. But yeah. they're not a debt to the entire book because they haven't read the exactly. entire book. So that's the whole point of the catechism is to not only experience it for yourself and then make sure that you understand what you went through and then you become the next degree up to master Mason. Then everything else is just, you kind of, it's not exactly experience, like you're experiencing it, but like, so I'm Scottish, right? I can't speak for York, right? I know a decent amount about York, right? Too, but I'm in Scottish, right? Which uh, is degrees four through 32. So I'm a 32nd degree Scottish, right? Mason as well. But it's an appendant body, so my Scottish Rite status doesn't affect my Blue Lodge status. Because okay. even though it's, and this is where people get the, it's a fraternity within a fraternity. Yeah. Like, yes, but we have access to all of it. I literally hang out with, like, at least a dozen 33rds, like, on a semi-regular basis. And I'm, yeah. I, like, not to gloat or anything, but, like, people put them on this, like, pedestal. But, like, I'm teaching them things. Because... Yeah. Again, in Freemasonry, you get some people that are just the Southern good old boys who doesn't really care about esoterics. They just love God and love the brotherhood yeah. aspect and the camaraderie, and they just want to hang out. Yeah. And then you got people like me that is really deep into yeah, yeah, exactly. And Student everybody, could, everybody that has a relationship with God will find something what beautiful in Freemasonry. What they need. And I can honestly say for me, me, myself, and that I've never felt closer to God until I became a Freemason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came into Freemasonry as a deist. Like, I didn't necessarily, like, follow Christ as much. And it's not that Freemasonry pushed that on me either. It just, like you said earlier, Open your eyes, it, yeah. it's, bread, it's breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. There's little breadcrumbs, and I follow the trail. But then um, it's, it's, it's completely open-ended to how you, how you take it. It's not which is the Bible, which is like it, it is the Bible. Like it just it's, like a, it's a personification, it seems like of the Bible. Um, now, now, as far as those, those rituals are concerned, because we know we know we've seen, you know, rituals recorded and walking them around the temple and going up the stairs or what or putting a noose around your neck called a cable. To, we hear all kind of weird stuff and I'm, I don't claim to be an expert, but, you know, walking through these rituals. Is that a lot of the learning like you have to get? Did you know why we did that? Do you know what that means? Or does that ritual continue? And maybe like there's some tests in the lodges of maybe <clears throat> someone, other stuff that you did, because you're aware that I'm walking through a ritual. You're not aware that a week later they call and say, hey, you know, you're not one of us anymore and see how you handle these kind of things. Like, and they tell you, hey, you're going to be tested. Is there like a, is it a prolonged ritual like that that's more like inclusive or just like hey walk around here raise your hand walk backward like or is it both uh so there is like what's 
all the degrees are no more than like an hour long all together with everything. And that's not, that's including the ritual. Right. But to give a better understanding for people who might be like kind of stuck on like, cause they're words again, like, you know, some people consider them to be negative words and then Mm -hmm. they get negative connotation and so on and so forth. But I love that. I love these words. I love the word ritual because I used to think that it was a bad word. Yeah, Uh, but uh, it's not. Ultimately, it's not. Uh, You know, baptism, that's a ritual. Prayer is a ritual. All these things are rituals. So just because it's a. Yeah. Exactly. Burning candles. So, one thing that I want to address at the beginning of our conversation, we started talking about King Solomon's temple and how there was rituals going on there and so on and so forth. Every single lodge in America is designed allegorically to represent the temple that Solomon created and the stonemasons who help construct it for God. That's where we take symbolically that we are the builders of ourselves, that we are becoming the temple, that we are building, we're taking a rough ashlar, turning it into a perfect ashlar, and perfect just means complete. So you're taking a rough stone and you're chiseling at the edges to get that, and then slowly building that temple up into the image that God imagined us to be. And that's where... The, the Freemason comes from is that like, obviously the stonemason guilds, whatever, but the term free and Mason, the stonemasons, that's what they did. They built the temple and people think that we're in there doing like Enochian magic and stuff like that. Like, no, it's, if there's individuals doing that, then beautiful. But if, uh, you know, if not, then it, they don't have to or whatever, it's open-ended, but it, it's all about the temple. It's like some, it's an allegorical, version of the temple so the degrees and ritual that we're doing is if you think about that concept it's not something it, i would understand if like masonic lodges were set up like a babylonian temple <laughs> that when people start making all this like oh they're a sex cult they're this they're that that's where all that stems from is ancient babylonian ritual that's the bad ritual but again hermeticism everything's on a spectrum yeah. Just because there, if you take ritual on a spectrum and put it on a good and bad spectrum, you got Babylon over here, and then you got you got Solomon who, yeah. Well, yeah, and so that's what I've narrowed it down to. And it's not that we're like recreating the same exact rituals that was happening over you know five thousand years ago, uh, but I just know enough about the Bible to know that every single step that I took in ritual is nothing sinister. Mm-hmm. at all i've yeah. tr- trust me i came into it as a conspiracy theorist i, I listened to you know master builders illuminati congo and everybody like you know we discussed that a little bit i was all into this right yeah and i'm not saying well, those that guys are masons any- you know those guys are all masons oh they are yeah yeah oh, master okay. builders yeah they're, they're all they're all in in different lodges or at least at least you know i know for a fact rasul uh allah is and and illuminati congo are both yeah uh, masons they're my brothers yeah from different orders yeah yeah then they're then yeah if they well if they're like if they're freemasons like if they're part of ugle and all that stuff then yeah we're fraternal brothers that's just like that's awesome like again i'm yeah so they so even though they they do approach for some conspiracy stuff like they but yeah yeah. that's that's where i was i would like i understood what was really going on in the world and then also had this like because again i had left the church all this stuff was just like I'm like taking it all in and then I started listening to them and they helped inspire a bunch of stuff. And then I start looking into other things and then I start to look into Freemasonry and like, 
back then it was a lot more mundane. It was like, oh, like a bunch of rich old white guys that's trying to rule the world with yeah. rumors of Satan worship. Yeah. So I started debunking all that stuff before becoming a Mason. That's what and helped me become. It, it showed you what it really was. First of all, if, you if said the, what, what it's not opened the door for what it really was, right? Exactly. So my thing is the world is of the devil. We know this if we know the Bible. Yeah. <clears throat> if the world is trying to convince us that something is bad, in my mind, I'm like, why? And I question it. And then I research and I study and I cross-reference. And when I find out that the world is lying, it seems like it's worth joining to me. Yeah, I hear you. Um, a really interesting thing is that like my studies have kind of naturally got me to a similar place, right? If you're a student of the word and a Freemasonry is teaching the Bible, like there's, you're gonna, here's the tools, man, you know? And so you got a wicked person that has that, that tool you got a righteous person that has the tool. They're going to they're gonna do different things with it. And the people who are righteous are going to see how they can help people. The person who is righteous, are gonna, they're going to contemplate. They're going to bring it to their heart and see, you know, what it means. The, the wicked are going to use it for, for bad. The same tool. And what I mean tool, just the, the perfect analogy is a hammer. Give a hammer to me. I'm going to build a house. I look at there's potential. I can, I can make money for my family. There's so much that I can do with this tool. You give a hammer to Jeffrey Dahmer it's a totally different story. That's a murder <laughs> yeah. weapon, you know? So, um, the Bible is the same way. Religion is the Absolutely. same way. Words are the same. Everything is that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, dependent on how much light that you have or oil you have burning within your lamp. Um, so I'm really big on, on this now, which is the, you know, the temple and how the body is a temple, right? We've always known that we've always known that, but there's levels to all of this, right? Absolutely. And, and speaking of levels, um levels of the body being a temple and one of the things that that i've been teaching and i know this is earth is a school this place is a school and there are levels and there are degrees which are levels of jacob's ladder to, that ascend and also descend and there are levels of 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 secrecy of of mysticism of god's heart of and they also go down too. There's level. There's levels of, uh, you know, what I'm saying degradation and and like, uh, you know, harm. There's correspondence. We get into hermeticism for every beautiful level of love and light that exists with gifts and abilities and 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 psychosis. There's beautiful psychosis, man. Angels and essences and seeing God and everything. That's a that's a level you get to. And I'm yep. not talking about Freemasonry. I'm just, but but maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, but there's also levels that go down that correspond with maybe I'll say level seven that goes up. There's also if you're neutral, level seven that goes down instead of seeing God and angels and bliss and everything. You see devils and demons in darkness and they plague you and you look into the television and, and demons are trying to contact you and you see stuff about your death and, and you're plagued in this fear and hysteria like those are realms of psychosis that exist. And so. These, there's different levels in all of this. And um, I see, man, God gave me just this crazy download, bro. Just this open up, a, I opened a seal, I opened a seal of revelation. And, and, and it was because Christ, the light of the world, opened it and showed me things that I, that I, uh, you know, I couldn't see before. And he made things make sense. And I spent a week crying at my computer studying and in prayer, it was amazing. Changed my life. This was two months ago. <laughs> a lot of this was about the temple and about what you just said about, you know, that we are the temple. 
you know, and so how Jesus is the, the chief cornerstone and he is a gold, he's been purified. It's a gold brick essentially in, 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 in the spirit or inside of you. And everything has to be built upon that to, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We are, God is trying to build houses for himself to, to, that we can house the presence of God that doesn't share a house with an idol. That doesn't share the the a, a table with Beelzebub or any other idol, idolatry, demons, hatred, envy, murder. You gotta you have Jesus is in the temple, cleaning out the temple. Then that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's in you, cleaning out your temple as you submit to God's laws and his rule and his precept and his beauty and his leading and his unction and his word. And so this process is amazing. As we do that, you reach levels where they it is, I say, equivalent to Jacob's ladder. Jacob represents the higher mind. It represents love. It represents uh, peace. Esau, his brother, represents the beast nature, which is the mark of the beast. The, uh, you, got, instant, you got Jacob. You got Esau. Yeah, Jacob and e Jacob and Esau. You got that. You got the spectrum right there. And and like, and, e and and it's about and contemplation. They were, they were twins. It was contemplation, like, and that that's what made Jacob who he was. That he would wrestle the angel and, and he would not let go until he was blessed. And Esau's like immediate instant grat gratification. Like, you can have your your blessing now. I'll trade you for my soup. Sure, I want it now. No, if you wait, there's riches galore. You know, there's so much that comes, but you gotta wait. You gotta be patient. Damn being patient. And that's the beast nature that will see you eating a, a piece of chicken and they're hungry, they'll snatch it from you, take it and eat it. They'll kill and rape and pillage and do all types of manners of evil, which I believe is the mark of the beast. And we all have that inside of us. You that That's the level that goes down and that level goes really deep. And the, the more you go down that ladder, the more you end up, you know, crawling on your belly and, 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 and becoming that beast and your lifestyle represents the that, mark. That right there jumps right into alchemy. Alchemy, uh, as above, so below. Everyone takes that completely out of context uh, because of Hollywood. Hollywood destroys everything. Uh, as above, so below. As, as in within, heaven, so on earth. And as within, as so we without. Yep, absolutely. And alchemy is not operative like they think that it is. Again, it comes down to hermeticism. You can take operative alchemy where someone's trying to take lesser minerals and, and transmute it into literal gold for riches and so on and so forth, uh, mammons, as the Bible likes to put it, or there's speculative alchemy, which is spiritual purification, taking a uh, lesser soul and purifying it into something as the pure as gold. fire, yeah. That's going to yeah. last forever, right? Exactly. That's what uh, speculative alchemy is all about. And, and that's, that's the uh, baptism of fire that Jesus brought. I come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and with fire so that you can be refined and that you can last and you can that light and that fire that's your light body bro Al alchemy literally comes body. from yeah alchemy comes from the same place we get the original manuscripts of our bible yeah. it all comes from ancient greece that's and the first I thing at the top of my there. teaching god's alchemy boom yes i love teaching it god's alchemy even uh, again earlier i mentioned lake of fire and sulfur that's alchemy right there, but it's, it's speculative alchemy, water, which is the lake and then fire, which is light. To me, water alludes to sin in certain contexts is water puts out that flame and then sulfur 
is symbolic of mm. evaporation. Yeah. That is the, that's the lake of fire that it is the water that puts out the flame that separates you from God. And then it talks about the second death in that same verse. And then boom, that's the evaporation. So that's the full separation yeah. of God. It right is there. spiritual internal alchemy, right? I mean, the Bible is full of that. The Bible is a book of ascension. It is, it is on, on, on every level that you can possibly think of astrologically and, and internally. One, one last thing. Go ahead. One last thing that I want to uh, make note of, too, is that you had even mentioned this in uh, the interview uh, with Bob, uh, how he asked, is Jesus the only way is or is the Quran or Buddha or whatever? And you said that, like, like, I'm not going to say that it's not way. basically exactly Love is the only way I, I feel the exact same way that everything is a puzzle piece. Every single thing, every type of the God exposes himself in multiple ways to ways that people can understand it. Right. So it's truth to them. It's their truth. But everything's a puzzle piece. But the puzzle doesn't come together until the pieces come together. You have to put the pieces together. Yeah. You can't just take one piece and have a whole puzzle. You know, it's not going to be complete. It's not going to yeah. be perfect. Yeah, it's uh, it, be, it it is what it means to you, and and even that, how do you unlock it? How do you teach the deeper mysteries? How do we get the mysteries of heaven? You know, you said that in Masonry, you have to show yourself approved. Listen, if God can find you faithful with the small things, He will make you ruler over more. When it comes to levels in Jacob's ladder, there are angels that ascend and descend. There are messengers of God that reach different levels of density in the spirit world. And you, you reach those levels of spiritual maturity and intellect and, and morality as well. But those levels, the interesting thing, dude, I started off in the occult, like not, not in a bad term. I love the word occult. It just means the hidden things and God, the hidden things belong to the Lord is what the scripture says. So God has his occult stuff too. And there's a mockery yep. and lower level blood sacrifice and cutting yourself and making packs with demons. But guess what? The end is destruction. Don't do that. Uh, but if you submit to the spiritual alchemical process, which starts with the moral process, which is the literal word, taking it literal, yeah. looking how Jesus forgave his enemies, looking how uh, they slapped him on the right. And he gave them the left. Also, they they stole the, <laughs> They stole your tunic. Give them give them your cloak. Also, so you walking in love and honoring people who don't know any better, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, because if they truly knew who they were and knew how loved they were, they wouldn't do that. You submitting to that alchemical process, God allows you to carry his secrets. He, he can trust you. He wants to, he's proving you to see if I can trust you in the spirit world, you know, and, and you need nobody's approval. You need nobody's opinion. It's between, it's an audience of one. That's why the secret things that you do in contemplation in your head or in your prayer closet when nobody's looking, those are the things that matter. That $20 bill that fell out of somebody's pocket, you pick it up. What do you do? You put it in your pocket or you say, hey, sir, hey, wait, you dropped 20. And you know, you've seen the TikTok videos and, and YouTube videos. That was a test. They're filming it. Yeah, they're filming it. Hey, uh, we wanted to see if you would give it back. And you're the only person that did. And because you did. We're going to give you a thousand bucks. Boom. Yeah. Here's That's a thousand God, bucks. <laughs> bro. This is what's yeah. happening. And so if he can trust you with that, worthy is the lamb. The only one who's able to un to unravel and open the seals of revelation. Guess what? Guess what the book of revelation is about? Revelation, divine <laughs> revelation, intellect, knowledge of God's wisdom, his secrets that he's protective over. 
and he has angels that are guarding over them. So you can't come in through a window. You can't come in as a thief or a robber. You have to come in through the, the gate, which is Christ, which is light. And he's the one that un opens those seals if you are worthy because he's the only one worthy to open them. So we fall into witchcraft and a lot of crazy dark stuff when we try to go there and we don't have a, we don't have permission. We're not supposed to be there. I did that. I started out there. I got into like really dark stuff, dude. And I got messed up. I scarcely made it out. But it's the same way in, in the lower realms. I tapped into some demonic hellish realms and I wasn't supposed to be there. I saw things that I wasn't supposed to partake in at all. And it about jacked me up, like literally. And so the same thing is true about the things of God. God has things, but he doesn't just freely share those. You got to be trusted. I can't mm -hmm. trust you with this. Now you can learn it and find stuff that people taught and reteach what somebody else taught, but that's a difference between how Jesus taught as one who had authority. Jesus was teaching a lot of the same stuff as the Pharisees, man. But these guys are going off of head knowledge and what they read. Jesus is, he they say, what is the difference between him? Because when he teaches, he teaches as one who's who has authority. He was fully convinced. He knew without it. You couldn't tell him about the angels. He encounters them in his prayer closet. You can't tell him about Moses and Elijah communing. He talks with them in his prayer closet. Like, who are you teaching about these people that are my friends, bro? You can't talk to him about the Elohim. He knows them. Like, this is this is what we're talking about, man. And I know you got to go. I got to go, too. Um, we got to do a part two. I still have, just from this conversation, so many freaking <laughs> questions for you man and i really like building with people who i can actually have this conversation with and we that's how we evolve iron oh, yeah. sharpens iron yeah iron sharpens hey man iron. what do you think about this boom as you say stuff i'm writing it down okay yeah okay you had depersonalization and derealization i haven't met a soul who's had that i've seen some youtube videos of some young people that's had it and i know what they're going through when I was at rock bottom, that was what I experienced in with the demons and stuff, dude. And that's super scary. I want to pick your brain on that too. Um, let's let's definitely book a book a part two, man. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, for now, just j just let people know where they can go check out your TikTok because your videos are amazing and you break down so much. I love what you do. Let people know where they can go go follow your stuff right now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, widows Miho. Uh, and no spaces, no nothing, just spelled exactly the way that it is. Uh, Miho, just to clarify, is M-I-J-O, uh, which is the, uh, you know, I add a lot of like, you know, my own type of comedy in there as well. Uh, so it's not, I'm not Spanish or anything. It's just, it translates to sun. So widow's sun, that's like a term that is, uh, you know, Masonic. It's, uh, you know, once you become a master mason, you become a widow's son. And uh, that's also biblical. I can get into that at some point too. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, um, that's where I do all my stuff. I have pretty much debunked every conspiracy, uh, old and even current. Uh, you know, I did all, most of my debunking before becoming a Freemason, new stuff surfaced. So mostly I do debunking. I also do my own Bible studies. I show what I find in my Bible studies. Yeah. And I do... Uh, like misconceptions uh and then i have like my comedy stuff where like you know kind of show the you know how we're taught to have that childlike yeah. uh type of type of faith uh to show that you know you can let loose and you can enjoy life and have fun laugh at as yourself well too 
exactly exactly um so that's what my channel is all about uh and it's all about freemasonry and misconceptions but most importantly i always put god first that's it bro uh again i i really appreciate this talk and i got so many i do have a lot of good questions to to to, to keep going with this man um you know talking more about the temple talking about you know depersonalization like so, so much more that i want to want to pick your brain about uh was jesus a freemason like boaz and oh. chain what is that Ooh. like uh there's so there's so much more that uh, that that I want to talk to you about. Uh, did Jesus already come back? Uh, you know, there's a, it's a theory, and I know you've kind of discussed it or just rolled the idea for some things you've heard. And, and oh, I'm uh, fully invested in that now, and I'd love to talk about it for sure. I thought the whole free ma Jesus. So yeah, we, real we, quick, we, let, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus well, is not a Freemason, but yeah. we'll I'll I'll answer that in depth at, at a future date. He was a brick mason. <laughs> one of his professions right also a fisherman <laughs> all kinds of yeah, yeah. all right brother jack listen, jack uh, of all trades let's do it again just let me know you've got my form to fill it out if you want to do it today if you want to do it another time uh just let me know i got like i said i got a lot more and uh, some of my podcasts i've done up to four hours and stuff man so just whatever we can just build and and all that good stuff so i appreciate you coming on hanging out with me man let me know how i can uh you know be of assistance and if you have any questions or anything man just let me know yeah same uh just you know keep in touch we'll definitely like this has been i knew it was going to be awesome like I, so yeah we've got to do it again yeah, we talked about doing some music together too with congo yeah, congo. yeah. so I, I got a track on my oh, I, i'll send you man and so absolutely yeah, i'm, make, I'm make all about it come back in the yes, light please please sure. yes yes uh i'm all about it so yeah um again great chat and i look forward to the next time for sure all right brother shalom many blessings thank you shalom Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I did. We connected on such a beautiful level. Um, man, we're going to do a part two for sure. I got a ton of more questions and we're going to get it in. It's going to be a good talk. I will say that there's a little bit of extra stuff that we recorded right after this because we just kept talking and I pushed record. So this is going to be available on the Patreon side. So if you're a patron, you can go there and watch these last maybe 10, 15 minutes or so of us just hanging out as friends um, off air. I recorded it and told them, hey, this is being recorded. And so, yeah, we just we just hung out and uh, there's a little extra for you guys who are supporting and there's a bunch of stuff there. So uh, at this time, I would like to say a huge thank you to all of my Patreon supporters, everybody who has been supporting since day one. You guys are my people. You guys are my tribe. Thank you for believing in the work. I gotta say it. Huge thank you. Mad respect. You guys rock. I'm gonna name drop some of the patrons within the last week or so. I'm just sorry. I'm gonna say your names because I, I just want to say thank you. So huge thank you to Val Dean. Thank you Val for coming on. You rock my friend. Thank you to Rhonda Edwards. Thank you Rhonda. Your support means the world. Shout out to Adam Kincaid. What up Adam? God bless you my friend. Good to have you here with us. And last but not least, thank you to Christina Callis. Callis, Callis. Yeah, I always butcher a name, man. Thank you guys for believing in the work. If you'd like to support, go to patreon.com backslash truthseeker there. You get access to my entire discography of music, over 200 songs. You get access to behind the scenes interviews and talks. You get access to the School of the Mystics Thursday night sessions 
the Sunday morning sessions where we join for prayer, meditation, and discussion. This is my community. This is where we come together and, and, uh, and build, man. This is the community aspect of this podcast. You also get access to the archive of webinars that we've done on the Mystic Circle. Like that's available for you too. I've interviewed so many people and we've done these webinars where they brought uh, their expertise to the table where we explored numbers and we explore the angels and channeling and contemplation and what all of that stuff means. And I've had Chris Carter on, uh, Dee Wallace, the mom from ET joined and did a webinar with us. You get access to all of those. They were amazing. Uh, Illuminati Congo uh, did a breathwork session with us and that's available for you as well only on Patreon. Make sure you go check it out. Patreon.com backslash truth seeker. God bless you guys. I hope that you were blessed from this. I hope that some of the fear and hysteria that you had towards anything was destroyed. That you know that there's a perfect peace that cast out all fear, regardless of fear mongering and end time conspiracies of the secret lives of the Freemasons or anything like that. You heard it from the horse's mouth. And I, I know many people will hear that and still think that he's lying or he doesn't know. He hasn't, they haven't told him yet. He's in for a rude awakening. Hey, who knows? I'm not a Mason. I'm not. I just see the parallels in this stuff, how it links together in studying syncretism. I can't help but see it. I study the similarities. I've been studying the things that separate us. We can't be friends because you don't think that Jesus um, can heal people. We can't be friends because you don't think that Jesus is God. You said that he was the son of God. I know that sounds silly, but I've had those accusations and talks and, and people who um, kick you out and don't invite you to their dinner tables because of your beliefs. Listen, what's that got to do with the price of rice in China? Nothing. Nothing. Do you, our love for one for another, even be, in our disagreements, in our differences, put your differences to the side. Find that commonality. Come together and build on top of that. That's what Christ is doing right now. If you want to see Jesus, see him in our diversity. Because where two or three gathered, there I am in the midst of them. The hand doesn't look like the foot. It looks similar though, right? So they may have more in common. But the hand doesn't look like the knee. The knee doesn't act like or look like the elbow. Well, it kind of does. So they, they have more in common too. Well, your arm doesn't look like the leg. Well, if they put aside their differences, because they kind of like mirror each other in a sense. They got more in common than they have that are separate or different or that tears them apart. And if they will look a little bit closer, they will see that even in their differences, they are connected to the same body, the body of Christ, the body of light. Come on, guys, we got to get it together. And I know if you're watching this, you're one of the ones who are rooting for that. You are one of the ones who are bringing about that change in the earth, man. Listen, we can change it. We are changing it. Let's discover, let's explore our differences in our diversity and see Christ glorified. Thank you guys for watching. We're going to do it again. Peace and shalom. And uh, love you guys. See ya.
does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truth Seeker podcast, head over to truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker.